Hey, pleasant good evening, everybody, and welcome to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Paul Zerangler, engineer, and Dan Barilli, our producer and uh, boss of the show, really, when you get right down to it. He's the man that makes things happen. Good to have you with us as we approach week eight of the NFL season. Bears and Jets coming up Sunday at Soldier Field, and we're pleased to be joined by Bears rookie linebacker and special teams ace, Joel E.A. Booneyway. Joel, you got your first special teams tackle in the NFL last week. How jacked were you? Man, it was great. It was great. After uh, it took six games, but, um, you know, <laughs> hey, uh, I was excited and uh, it felt great. As long as it's been since you guys been here, rookies coming in way before the Hall of Fame game, has it seemed like a long time to you? Because it's almost the length of a full college NFL or a full college season you've been through already. Where, where's your mind at right now? Fresh or? Yeah, no, my mind is fresh. We had a bye week, um, you know, two weeks ago. So, um, but yeah, coming in from training camp, um, and people told me before, uh, as a rookie, it'd be your, your your rookie year would be your longest year, and and everything. So I was ready for that. And, um, you know, like you said, college, you know, is almost over. The the season's getting close to being almost over. But, um, no, it's been good. I've been staying fresh, um, and, and I feel great. Western Kentucky Hilltopper. What's your definition of a Hilltopper? Um, a Hilltopper? Because, all right, the reason I, I ask you that is because I'm from the Joliet Catholic uh-huh. Hilltoppers. That's the name of my high school. And I always felt that attraction to you guys ever since I heard of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know the history behind that. Um, Neither do I. I have no idea what it means, but um, our mascot, Big Red, is like, it's like a spirit. So um, I, I guess I'd have to go with like a spirit or, or something like that, an entity or something. Crazy thing. I'm in Glen Ellen, Glenbard West Hill. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, the Castle on the Hill is that what they call themselves out there. Hey, we're brought to you by IGS Energy. Uh, back to special teams because that's where you got to cut your teeth as a young man in the yep. National Football League uh, in most cases. Heck, you can talk to Trey Burton about that. Maybe you have. Have you? Um, no, no, I haven't. But um, during training camp, Trey helped me a lot um, as far as just um, learning some of the uh, – different um, techniques on special teams, punt techniques, um, kick return techniques, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, he's definitely definitely helped with, with some yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, because research his story a little bit or go into it with him because that's how he had to do it. He had yeah. to do it that way with the Philadelphia Eagles. He was like seventh on the depth chart, but here's a way to make sure well, you make the team. And, and look what happens five right. years later. You get a big contract, and you're a primary focus on offense right now. But you had a ton of special teams experience in college, didn't you? You, Absolutely. you were one of those guys that played everything. Yeah, yeah. Even my last two years, um, I was starting on punt, played kickoff. Um, so it's always been part of my game. You know, Joel, I, I played on kickoff return from the very first game I played in professional football to my last game. Over that entire span, I never left the kickoff return team. Don't ever look to get off of special teams because right. even if you're a starter, if you can contribute on special teams, you talk about lengthening Absolutely. your career because there's a lot of guys that are one-dimensional. They're a starter, and they, they haven't right. done anything else. So I think for a guy like you, you talk about 10, 11 years in the NFL right. and – you know, the success from special teams can help. Absolutely. No, you know, echoing what you said, um, the, I feel like the more you can do, and even in college, um, coaches said, you know, um, scouts, NFL scouts will look at you if you played special teams and you played, you know, of course, defense, um, you know, that makes you more valuable. So, you know, same same when you get to the NFL, um, the more you can do, um, the more, the longer you can play. Did it seem insane, though, the first time you started seeing NFL special teams? Because the speed is 
out of control sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then making that jump from Western Kentucky to the NFL and some of the difficult assignments they place on you for the different jobs. Because you're doing five or six different assignments mm-hmm. if you're on every special team. Right, yeah. I think the big thing was the, the technique. So Coach Tapes during training camp and the OTAs did a great job of just teaching me the techniques and so um, my first preseason game when I was out there, you know, it was just kind of, okay, it wasn't as, as fast or as as, as um, bad as you would think because um, the, really the technique is what people probably don't um, harp on enough. And so, um, you know, you might not be the fastest guy or the strongest guy, but if your technique is good, you know, it, help, it helps with everything. So Noticed something last week. Uh, special teams, blood can rise a little bit, right? Uh, yeah. You get your blood up a little bit. and. This was my view from the booth on Sunday, but I think Sheriff McManus, something rattled his cage a little bit, and you had his armor on him. And as opposed to this captain, this guy who's who's been around a long time, uh, you know, maybe talking down, quieting a, a, a troubled uh, rookie or something like that, it was flipped. I think you were calming him down. Am I right? Yeah. Um, I thought that was a veteran move for a rookie. <laughs> yeah, Sheriff's my, he's like my big brother, man. Uh, we're very close, and... He's helped me a lot with the with the process of being a rookie and everything, and so um, he, you know, he got into it a little bit with uh, one of the players on New England, and so man, I'm just, you know, I'm his brother, so I had his back, you know, told him, uh, you know, we're good, and just walked him off the field. You know, we're sitting here talking about all the obligations you have, the special teams and the different players you got to work with, and then you throw a whole defensive scheme on top of that. When you start, when you got here and you're going through three or four different special teams a day throughout training camp OTAs and stuff, and then you got a bale of inf- a barrel of information that you're learning from defense, mm-hmm. was there was that like almost an information overload, or did you have time to digest everything? No, no, I, I love it. Um, I love um, just knowing, uh, having to know both um, special teams and defense. It's a challenge, and it's something I look forward to. So I'm I'm constantly in the playbook, constantly in in uh, meetings, taking notes, um, it's great. It's great. And so, um, so far, it's, it's been fine. Um, I, haven't, I haven't had any issues as far as defensive plays, as far as special teams plays. Um, I just do a great job of asking questions, taking notes, and, and staying ready. Inside linebacker, do you learn one or do you learn them both? You learn both. The, yeah. the, the more you know, I mean, you, you really you want to learn what the, the inside linebacker is doing, what the outside linebacker is, what the D lineman, the secondary. You want to know what everyone's doing. That just helps um, you be a better player and play faster. And, and, and somewhat inexperienced in terms of the inside linebacker position because 17 was your first year at doing it, correct? For the, for, on a full-time basis. Correct. Yeah, so is there a, is there a ton to learn? At that um, position, or, or do you feel it all translates? I, I feel like it all translates, honestly. Um, outside linebacker, um, I played that my junior year, and then um, inside linebacker my senior year, I didn't, I didn't see much of a difference. It wasn't hard to adjust um, going into my senior year, and um, coming into the NFL, it's, it's not been a struggle at all. It's been pretty smooth. Tackle numbers went way up, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah. this guy, I mean, you popped it on. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, it's just like Ryan Pace said. You know, he had to go around the building and say, look at this tape. And when stuff jumps off tape, it gets everybody's attention. It doesn't even matter, you know, you don't look for it, right? Right. It it just pops out. And then you go find out, who is this guy? You know, that that had to be interesting for you to hear because you obviously know what you can do. So, But when you're going around the building and the NFL office is in there showing tape to everybody, hey, you got to see this. You know that's that's right. that's telling me you're doing something right. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. pre you know pre-draft comparison to Quan Alexander. You know when you think about okay, what do we portray this mm-hmm. guy as? 
that's pretty sw- solid praise, yeah. you know, just thinking about how your athleticism and right. what it can translate into. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, we're going to take our first break. Joel Ewe Bunewe is our guest here on Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Centers. You will continue our conversation after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. We'll have the game for you on Sunday, 9 a.m. pregame noon kickoff against the New York Jets, the third in the four games against the AFC East. Weird, you're just working your way through the division, uh, despite the fact you're in the NFC North. Uh, what did you learn in these first two trips through the uh, AFC East in terms of the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots oh, um, and what that division's like? Yeah, no, it's a lot more um, details, obviously, when you start playing these uh, division games and whatnot. And... Um, you know, coaches are, are harping in on, on the importance of winning these games. And so we understand that um, this, this next couple of weeks are going to be extremely important. And so we're looking, we're looking forward to it and, and getting ready to start get, getting these wins. You know, when you prepare for a college game, sometimes you may not be real familiar with the talent because you don't play a team that often. It's just like the Jets. You're, you're not going to see them very much throughout right. your career here with the Bears. When you start learning about a team that you're not very familiar, not going to see very often, is there little different things, nuances that change because of that, or is it kind of you just follow along the pattern that Coach Vic has been teaching you since you got here? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We, uh, Coach Vic does a great job of, of giving us the game plan and giving us the tendencies and everything, and we just follow follow that, having um, attention to detail, looking um, throughout the week to have a good practice and and get ready for, for Sunday. Is Danny Trevathan the brain you pick of the active player, the, of the guys that you work with? Is he the brain that you go to? Yeah, yeah. I pick Danny's brain. I pick Nick a lot, too. Um, both of those guys have done a great job of helping me um, just get used to, to you know, the different schemes and everything, and, and I appreciate those guys. Who's your go-to to get used to just being a young man on a team full of veteran players? There's a lot of young players on this team, but some – you know, and we had Bilal Nichols in here a couple of weeks ago and, you know, the adjustment of, hey, you know, you guys are just young men, right. 21, 22 years old. Some of these folks have um, families, they're yep. married, you know, uh, do all the, the young guys hang together or do you tend to hang with some of the vets too off the field? No, we, uh, the young guys definitely hang together. Me. You're smiling because you know the. <laughs> right. Me, Bilal, um, Roquan, um, Josh Woods, another rookie, um, inside linebacker. Um, Javon Wims, uh, we're, we're all, I think our rookie class is very, very close. So we all hang out um, outside of, of, of the facilities and, and you know, we go out to eat and do things like that. And so that helps us with the transition and um, just staying close, having someone to, you know, chat with about stuff is, is important. It's an interesting collection of characters. Yeah. You throw in the rookie class. It you, is. You know, and on the offensive side, you got Anthony Miller, who's, uh, you know, comes from Memphis and is a very proud guy, very, uh, very bold guy with, right. you know, how he views things and, uh, Bilal is a very – we really got a kick out of talking to Bilal. He plays like a veteran. He yeah. thinks like a veteran. He, he answers he questions like a veteran. Do you he notice does. that about him? Is he yes. a very mature kid? Absolutely, absolutely. Very mature. As you are. Uh, very mature, and um, me and him have a lot in common. <laughs> I remember when I when I first met him, I was like, man, we, me and you are very similar, man, and I think we're going to – and I, from there I kind of – I was like, we're going to be cool. We're going to be close. Cause what about you guys – do you have in common? What is it? Just the way you think? Or mentality. You, yeah. Mentality, absolutely. I think we're – just the way we go about things, um, I think we have a very mature mentality and, you know, just 
being a rookie, you know, there's there's certain adversity you have to deal with, and so I think we just have a similar mindset as far as dealing with things like that. Since the 20 years that Jeff and I have been traveling here with the Bears, this is the first year that they're kind of a relaxed um, clothing restrictions on the airplane. You can go a little bit right. more casual. So if you took all those rookies, we used to learn a lot about them by the way they dress and the way they spent their money on clothes. Of, of all your crew of guys, is anybody into that wardrobe or is anybody bringing style out that you kind of learn a little bit about them? Yeah. you know, a lot of these guys you don't know for that long. Absolutely. You know, we have a – are you speaking of rookies or anyone? Yeah, no, all your rookie guys. All, yeah, so the rookies, Javon, he, he's he got some style. He he, usually, <laughs> he goes by juice, so he, yeah. he tries to bring some flavor um, every week, I feel like. Uh, Roquan has some nice styles. Um uh, Anthony Miller has a Memphis swag. He he definitely brings some some swag. So we have a lot of different guys who uh, who mix it up and just. Do you, you do you, th- you throw on the tie or no? Do you go tie free? Because you don't have to. Yeah, some no, guys are wearing ties. Yeah, no, I haven't worn a tie yet. I, right. I do have a a blazer, a nice blazer. I usually wear, um, but yeah. Yeah, I did see Javon a, a couple of games, maybe even going to Miami. Mm-hmm. He was completely styled out. And yeah. I was thinking, hottest game of the year, you're going down there. You're, you're, you're going, <laughs> going down home. He was good. going home That's is what right. he was doing. He's he, going back home. He had so to represent a little a bit, right? Right. Yeah, I, uh, it's good news for Tom because he hates ties. Mm. You know what this guy used to do? I don't think he does it anymore. He'd take a nice dress shirt like I have on right yeah. now. He'd cut all the sleeves off and then put his jacket over. <laughs> he just, you know, he doesn't, he just, this is it. Well, like casual. That. You know yeah. what? The, the, I was t- kind of talking about this because you go through a football game and you're most likely going to scruff up your knee. You're going to scrape an elbow, you know, get some type of cut on you. And then you go put on this dress shirt and now you got a big blood stain on the elbow or something. Mm -hmm. So that part of it, I I think it's good for the team to go out there and it's a business trip. You dress, dress business accordingly, go Mm -hmm. there and, Play Tom's the, the only guy that I've seen to wear a suit and tie with a baseball cap. A baseball so. cap. <laughs> yep, not bad. Yeah. Got to protect the dome a little bit, right? Got to protect right. the dome. Hey, we're all hilltoppers. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. That is exactly right. Uh, Joel, it's, uh, it's, it has been fun to watch all the young guys because I believe, and we've had this conversation on this show, the last two draft classes in particular, uh, there is a different type of, of guy, mm-hmm. uh, the maturity level, and there's leadership qualities just popping out all over the place. I look at Eddie Jackson, for example. Right. He's only in his second year. But he, he you Great know, leader. looking at the, the, the video of your postgame celebrations, he's in there breaking people down. Right. I mean, this, there are a bunch of veterans here, but, you know, Eddie's been a go-to. you yes. got Tariq's very confident Absolutely. in himself. Mitch is your team leader. That's you right. have leadership qualities. Bilal, appears to me, will have leadership qualities. Anthony's going to be a, a loud guy when right. he has a chance to be. So it, it's interesting they went after guys like this. Yeah. Clearly that's what they want here. Absolutely. Do you get no, that impression? I do. I do. I think uh, Coach Nagy and uh, Mr. Pace were, were looking for those qualities, and um, they, they did a great job. They did a great job of finding guys who, who have those. And did you, know the, bear, too, did you know the Bears were looking for you, looking at you during the – End of that. I mean, the the draft, the combine, and everything. I did not. I did not know. Um, was anybody the out ca- there like fishing for you? Yeah, there was. There was some teams that were the Bears weren't, and so that that <laughs> was <laughs> a great surprise for me. Um, just obviously being from Chicago and everything, and um, it worked out. We'll pick up that part of the story after a break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW people will get it. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, along with Paul Zerang and Dan Barilli, and our guest, Joel E.A. Booneyway. 
I've done good. I haven't messed it up one time no, yet. You've done great. Uh huh. It's the hardest thing, though, when you get guys with similarly more difficult names and they're tackling each other or mm. banging into each other. I've oh, come boy. up with some, some doozies. <laughs> Just let me tell you over the years, because from here to here. Right. From the top of your brain into your mouth, you never know just what might come out. Right. So if it ever happens, please don't be offended. No, no <laughs> because never. I'm telling you that right now. Right, Paul Zerang? He's laughing. I've come up with words that don't even exist. Well, well the thing about it, Jeff has to learn an entire roster of names each week. You know, and, I, so, and it's incredible that how the names have changed, so. how difficult it is. And, you know, in, you know, even having Blal on here, you know, talking to him about his name because you don't see it that often. And now the Jets... They have a running back who went on IR. Yeah, but, La Powell, who's yeah. been around a while, out for the year with a uh, season-ending neck injury that could be career-ending, according to Todd Bowles. So uh, the Jets, though, they can run the ball. They, they do have uh, capabilities in running the football. We'll break that down a little bit with Joel. When we went to the break, you mentioned the te- you know, that you're from Chicago. And, and obviously, when you're in the draft, it's amazing how much attention is focused on everybody in the draft. So you learn a lot about all, all the all the guys coming out every year. And then it quiets down. So people may not know about your story. But uh, if you're listening to this show and you haven't heard about Joel and his, his journey from Chicago to Bowling Green, uh, where he grew up uh, and, and played his high school football, right? You played your high school football there. Tell us your story about the Chicago connection once more. Oh, yeah. So um, born here in Cook County, Chicago, um, 95, 1995. And uh, – Lived in, in, in the city for about two years and then uh, moved to the suburbs in Bolingbrook um, after that. And I was there for about six years until um, I was eight, eight, nine years old. And then my dad got a job at uh, Western Kentucky um, in Bowling Green. So um, family got up and moved there. Um, my dad started teaching. Um, he's a professor. So he started teaching at Western and then um Pretty much, I grew up there from from eight years old till till I was drafted. Um, I was in Bowling Green, and uh, I'm back. So it's it's nice to be back, and uh, kind of everything kind of came in full circle. So it's great. Was it hard for you at eight years old? Were you ready to go, or did you have friends and like a, a, just a whole lifestyle growing? I know it's hard at eight years old, mm-hmm. but. Moving an eight-year-old when he's got a ton of friends, they don't know if oh, am I ever going to meet another friend? Yeah, no, we had we had a family members here, we had friends, and we we did have to leave all of them and and uh, start a new life in Kentucky, which was a lot different, a lot different from uh, Illinois. But um, I, I made plenty of friends um, in Bowling Green, and everything worked out. You're you're a good athlete. So was football your concentration, or did you go down to Western Kentucky, probably a better climate, and have access to more sports or? Were you, were you a football focused guy? Um, I played um, basketball um, throughout high school. Played played in middle school. Played um, football as well. Um, those are my main two sports: basketball and football. Um, I think I played a little soccer when I was young, uh, a little t-ball when I was young, but no, football was definitely the main sport. Um, basketball was a close. What, what position did you play on offense? Uh, in football, yeah, uh, I played receiver. I played running back, and I played kick return on special teams. So. It's it's interesting because when you read the bios of these players, when they are Joel size or linebackers and such, it seems like every one of them have a great career as a high school running back. Right. Yeah, and you hey, know, Lance Briggs, remember? Yeah, 
Lance Briggs tore it up in Arizona, man. Yeah. Put up some huge numbers as a running back. Well, right. And, you know, then it is got to kind of make your – where do you gravitate towards? When right. it, where is that deciding factor and saying, okay, you're not going to be right. a 6'1", 230-pound running back. Right. You're going to be an athlete at linebacker. Mm-hmm. No, that great question. Um, for me, I remember my, my high school coach asked me, um, okay, you know, you're a junior, you're a senior. What do you um, feel like you would do better at the college level? And I was like – um, I think defense um, is definitely my staple, my calling, because I like to hit. And, um, you know, playing linebacker uh, is just one of the main positions you get to hit a lot. So um, and it, it ended up working out, um, choosing to play linebacker. Well, he's got the body of right. Saquon Barkley over here. Or maybe <laughs> maybe Joel has, you know, maybe Barkley has Joel's yeah. body because yeah. y- you don't look like a 22-year-old kid. Yeah, definitely I, I've not. Heard that. I've, I've heard <laughs> that a lot. You're a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. I mean, you got you had to have loved the weight room, or you know, yeah. is this somewhat? You know, you, God gave you these gifts. I yeah. mean, to be big. Um, a little bit of both, I think. Um, I've always loved the weight room. I've always loved uh, working out and taking care of your body, eating right, diet, um, all that stuff. So. Um, that definitely is one. I think also God blessed me with um, good genetics and whatnot. So, um, you know, you mix the two, and and that's what you get. So, Are you, yeah. is your dad a big guy too? No, my no? dad. My dad is not. My my dad and mom are um, under six foot, and um, you know, here here I am, six two. Yeah. So, so you weren't running through the McDonald's drive for you then in high no, college. You no, you no, ate no. right all the way yeah, along. You're I, one of those guys. Right. I mean, I spoiled myself. <laughs> don't get me wrong. You know, I spoiled myself a little bit, um, but I wasn't running to McDonald's or Burger King. Yeah. Um, every day. So. Do you, what is it now? I mean, now that you're at this level, you can eat as perfect as you want to. Yeah. Um, what has been your routine over time? I mean, you just uh, are you a guy eats every couple hours, jam the protein down, do as much of that, and and what is your vice if there is one in terms of snack food or something something gotcha. you really enjoy gotcha. on the side? My uh, my diet's pretty. Um, Jen, our nutritionist, has done a great job of helping me. Um, I remember when I first got here during OTAs, I asked her, you know, what's some stuff I can make, and she sent me a whole bunch of stuff that I could cook. And um, just snacks and stuff you can eat that are that are healthy and stuff. And so, um, I know in the mornings I usually go with some oatmeal, um, maybe some pancakes, some eggs. Um, and then for lunch before practice, I don't eat a lot. I'm gonna have a PB and J sandwich or you know some pasta or something. But um, um, that's usually very light. And so after after practice, like right now after. Um, I'm done. I'll probably go and get, you know, maybe a sandwich, chicken wrap, um, maybe a salad to go with that. Um, and then my vice, um, <laughs> my sweetness is sweet. Uh, my weakness is sweet. So um, I got a sweet tooth. Um, I love I love sweets. Who doesn't? You know, <laughs> yeah. in, in the sensitive time of football right now and everything that goes around surrounding the converse, conversation of allowing kids to play football, your dad's an educator. How was he with you playing football? Mm-hmm. Did he kind of try to encourage you or discourage you in any way? And how is he now about it? Um, he didn't. He didn't discourage or or anything like that. Um, he definitely let me be me. Um, let me choose what I wanted to do. I played basketball and football, um, but as long as I took care of my my grades, um, he was okay with whatever I did. So, um, you know, he was fine with that. Um, 
I did a great job of staying on top of school as well as well as uh, playing sports. So um, we never had an issue. Now, um, now I'm in the uh, in the NFL. He's he's uh, obviously very proud and stuff like that. But um, yeah, no, he's 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 doing great and he loves he loves watching the games and keeping up with me and everything. How about mom? Mom's uh, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, mom. Uh, mom loves um, loves. Uh, um, what I'm doing and she's proud of me and um yeah pretty much the same thing any other guys from your senior class from western Kentucky make it to the NFL this year yeah um, our quarterback Mike White he's playing for the Cowboys um and then we had a tight end um who's playing for the Chiefs now Dion Yoder because they they were impressed about the number of scouts that showed up at your guys' yeah. pro day because they talked about the three of you guys and they had a, a selection mm-hmm. of six or eight of other guys. But that 30, over 30 pro scouts there, it was right. impressive and, you know, because you guys were on display. Yeah, no, what, um, WKU's done a great job of of putting players in the league and, um, you know, we hope to continue that. Um, and so, you know, we're just, you know, Good, good fortune and, and working hard. We'll continue our conversation with Joel E.A. Booneyway as we break here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This Sunday's game against the Jets is brought to you by Dr. Pepper, the official soft drink of the Chicago Bears. Jeff and Tom with you and Joel E.A. Booneyway, linebacker from Western Kentucky, Bears rookie fourth router. Danny Trevathan was a sixth router. He had to work his way from the practice squad, actually. He had a really good Denver Bronco team when he started his NFL career. Uh, he did it on special teams. He did it at practice and impressed the coaching staff, kept getting opportunities. So, And I had a conversation just today with a couple of the rookies, uh, Dejon Allen, the, the offensive lineman, um, and we, he says hello to me every single day. He's the nicest guy in that locker room, I swear to you. He sits there, he, he observes doesn't know everything. You yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. But a- anyway, you know, I, got, I always say, hey, how's it going, man? He goes, man, just waiting for my chance, waiting for that's my right. chance. And, and when that's you right. get the chance, that, and that's what you're all here for. You know, you're here to win, help as a member of the 53-man roster in the practice <clears throat> squad in his case. And, but at the same time, it's got to be tough to wait for those opportunities. So Danny, a sixth-rounder, didn't have that pedigree of a first or second-round pick. You're a fourth-rounder. Um, but does it give you a window to the future when you see how he's doing it and how you're going to do does. it? It does. It um, does. Staying ready, staying ready. Um, you know, Danny did a great job of that, and you know, here he is, um, get, getting getting the contract and getting um, everything that he wanted. So, um, it definitely helps um, keep you motivated and keep you ready for the opportunity. Um, don't don't let the opportunity slip. Just stay ready, stay humble, and when when that chance comes, take advantage of it. You know, throughout any of our careers, we all play demonstration squad, and so. Is it easy for you to motivate yourself when you have the reps in there? Because no one is exempt from it, and that's the way you you climb the ladder, anyways. So when you get the, you're playing demonstration squad. You're kind of playing another team's defense, but you see the offensive talent ahead of you. Are the types of things that you can go through in those practices helpful to your development? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the the effort you can play with great effort. You can work on your techniques. You can work on. Um, pretty much all the drills that, that you want. So um, I, I think there's two ways you can go about it. You can look at it as, oh, you know, I'm on the practice squad or I'm, I'm the demonstration team, and you can kind of just go through the motion, or you can use it as a chance to get better 
um, work on your techniques and stuff. So that that's how I view um, every situation. And so I'm always working on my game and continuing to get better. How realistic, and, and even back when you played Tom, how realistic and what effort as you're playing another team's defense, do they want you to be? Because they want you to play their techniques and coverage and run fits and whatnot. Is it have to hit full metal to the you know pedal to the metal type of practice to make your offense better, or how how do they want you to do it? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they they'll tell you, okay, this is exactly what we want. We want this is what the the player that you're demonstrating um, for the week. This is what he does. So they want it exactly like this, and that's okay. And then other times they'll be like, just play how you would want to play it. And then those are the chances that um, I use to to get you know my my work in and work on the things that I want to work on. Um, but yeah, you know, it just depends on what um, what the uh, the coaches want. At the and time. how about you? Well, when, what what happened in your day? Oh uh, well, everything was live, so it never mattered. We didn't never had a, a relaxed tempo. It was full speed in every drill we did, even when we were going against demonstration squad. But it's funny thing about Joel is. After practice, I saw Kyle Long, and Kyle says, man, we got after today. We had a hard – so now you're thinking of Joel. Who's he looking across from when he's got a bubble is a guy yeah. like Kyle, Kyle Long and, and Cody and the whole crew of guys. But, you know, that, that's how a guy like Joel – that's how you develop into that starter and all, you know, the future of yourself is when you get to go against the best of the best for, right. what, 60 snaps uh, right. on a Wednesday-Thursday deal? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. The, um, the I think the opportunity is great. Um, you know, getting to cover Tariq, getting to cover Trey Burton, you know, and all that stuff. I'm um, going against Kyle and Cody and um, Leno and these guys, man. That's you know, that's a great opportunity and chance to to work on your game and um, to get better. You know, last night Jeff and I did a deal with Tariq Cohen, and I brought up because I read so much about him. I always read about this Fortnite stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you a video game guy? I I do I don't play Fortnite a lot. Um, I do have the game, but I'm more of a NBA 2K. I play a lot of sports. Um, I play. Um, but don't don't doesn't like don't you play Madden like the sports anymore that you're on a team and <laughs> stuff yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, we do, we do. Um, Fortnite was was huge. Um, you know, this year and last year. Um, I wasn't the biggest player of it, but um, it was definitely popping. So if, there, if there's an NBA, I mean, an NBA game on an NFL game or video games, where are you going? Uh, NBA and NFL, for okay. sure. It depends on who's playing, but um, those sports games, for sure. Do you ever uh, talk hoops with uh, Charles Leno? No, I do not. The man knows NBA. Does he? Yes, he has got it down cold. So if you want to have a guy talk hoops with you, oh, it's fun okay. for me to be in there to hear this because invariably, especially if you get a guy like Bellamy in there mm-hmm. or, you know, some other guys uh, that uh, even Jonathan Bullard, you know, they, they like to, you know, talk about who's the greatest, who's the best, who's this, who's that in the NBA. But I, I, I covered Michael Jordan during his prime, like that when they won their six championships, I, I was right. there for all of that. So it's hard for me to have anybody tell me anything different, but right. I'm an old guy now. Right. So I get those who love Kobe and those who love <laughs> Steph and those LeBron. who love LeBron. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, where do you stand on this? Where, where do you stand and who, who, who's, the, who's the man? Who's Mike, the man? Michael is definitely the greatest. Um, LeBron, I would have to go with, with the second. Um, I think the six for six um, with five MVP or mm-hmm. five, uh, five. The six MVP. for six is right. killer. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the killer right there. I don't think anybody's going to pass him. Kareem is always up there as well. 
Um, but yeah, Mike Mike is definitely. Not, I'm a huge Kobe fan. I, I liked Kobe growing up. Um, but no, Mike Mike is the the goat. I never saw anybody have a killer instinct like Mike. Right. That's for sure. Had a great opportunity. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I covered the NBA All-Star Game, their 50th NBA All-Star Game in Cleveland, and every living Hall of Famer was there. So we're talking Oscar Robertson at the time, yeah. you know, uh, Kareem, uh, Elgin, ba you name it. They right. were all there, and that was quite the collection. Bill Russell. Bill. I yeah. mean, if you could put all those guys in a – they do it, obviously. You can do it in a video game. Could you imagine putting all those guys on the court together? You can't pick who's your best 10. Same with the NFL. Oh, man. Who's the greatest? Uh, but you know what? When I when we talked about it again last night, when you look at the greatest and you see what they are able to accomplish, to me, when you're a professional athlete, it's about what you do in the off season to stay prepared for the season. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the inspiration you got to get from a guy like because LeBron's not just going to be good because he's big. He's good because he puts so much effort into the off season. Yes. And that's the same thing you're going to have to do throughout your career. Absolutely. Once the season's over, heal up, feel good. And get back right. at it. Absolutely, no. The off season isn't time to relax and start partying and uh, going on vacations. Obviously, you can, you know, have a little a little time to yourself and whatnot. But um, that's that's a time to separate yourself um, from everybody else and get ready for <laughs> for the next year. And you always are going to have an eye on your future too, beyond football. And you've you've made this clear. You have hopes at one day being a pediatrician. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that you'll pursue for sure. You know, down the road. Um, where is, where did that love of, of medical and, you know, that aspect of your education? When did that kick in for you? When when did that become something you were interested in? Ever since I was a, I was a kid, my parents um, instilled in me the the importance of of, of education, and my mom being a, a nurse and my dad being a public health professor. Um, you know, I was kind of around the the health profession and. Um, then once I once I was old enough to to decide what I wanted to do, you know, being a doctor was what I wanted wanted to do, and so, um, no, I give all credit to to them. You know, it seems like when someone has the aspirations to be a doctor and they're a football player, it kind of sticks with them. Because you remember John Frank, the tight yeah. end for the San Francisco 49ers. He's a dentist, wasn't he? Was a, no, he, well, he became a doctor. Oh, and okay. the thing about it, he always talked about it when he came out of college. Look, I'm playing football, but eventually mm -hmm. I'm going to go to med school. He lived and, in Chicago, I think. And, he, and that's what he's been able to accomplish. So it seems like a, a guy like you that has that forethinking about that is a goal that you're going to accomplish. Yeah, it is. It is. Um Obviously, I've been blessed to be where I am now, but um, I feel like that that is what I've wanted to do. And um, playing in the NFL was another goal that I was able to to achieve. But it doesn't mean I have to let go of of one. So, you know, it's something I want to do, and and I, I plan to do it. All right, we'll pick up our conversation with Joel E. A. Booneyway. Our final segment coming up here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The Score. We must thank our guest Joel E. A. Booneyway for joining us tonight on Bears All Access. Ruth's Chris would like to have you have this one hundred dollar gift card thank to you. enjoy at one of their Chicagoland area steakhouses. I'm sure you'll enjoy a nice steak. <laughs> you do allow yourself that. I do. Yes, yes. I, why I not? Right. That's one of Tom's favorites, right there. It is. You know that. That's the great thing about. It, you, you have a gift like that and the what the Bears do for you in terms of supplying food. Right. You know, it, it's something in the early NFL that wasn't a part of our existence. But, you know, the Bears, they're all in. They In terms of technology and yeah. everything, they offer you everything you can possibly use 
to in, increase your performance, your profession, and the length of time you're going to be here, which is cool to see how much the organization cares. Uh, absolutely. There's no excuse for uh, for not being the best player you can be. They, they have everything you need. And this campus has grown every day. Yeah. You guys go out there and see the construction yeah. crews here. And, you know, from the first day of a 25,000-square-foot bear facility now to – Oh, you like the new practice field? A campus. Oh, I love it. You like it. it back there? Yeah, yeah, it's guys, nice. Guys are nestled away. Yeah, you got the train running by, you know? The train. Everybody loves the train, man. It's, <laughs> right. you know, everybody loves it. <laughs> Why? Why? It just, there's some aesthetic value to right, it, right? Right, right. You absolutely. Just, you're, you're playing well, football you... <laughs> like you're in the back. Just, it is yeah, funny. It's, it yeah. is an idyllic uh, setting. It really is yes. beautiful. Um, and, and the field over there is outstanding. Uh, but as a player, and I'm sure you guys were this way in college too, when, when, when you're when – you're, given something else to make yourselves better like this new structure will be state-of-the-art it's all designed to help you become a better football player both on the field and in the classroom and through technology do you feel then that that organization or that's college whatever the case may be has your back as a player they're investing in you yes. in addition to just your paycheck yes investing was the exact word i was going to use um um, yes, um, absolutely. I feel like it motivates it motivates you to be your best to put everything that you can into, you know, your your job and and, and not just go through the motions or oh just collect the check. Yeah, you know, you see you see them building this and offering this, and you're like, wow, you know, these guys care, and you know they're willing to put in the effort and, and the money to do this. So why wouldn't I do the same thing? So. You know. I like what the Bears do because you, you go to Olivet and you kind of get to know your teammates in a, yeah. tra a training camp setting there. You're all close and dorm life and everything. Then you come to Hallis Hall, you get stuck in the dungeon. You get your lockers downstairs. Yeah. you got to kind of earn that upstairs, and then mm -hmm. finally you make it upstairs of the big locker room. Right. But it's kind of a, such an accomplishment. The transition is such a sense of accomplishment. You get out of training camp, now you come to Hallis Hall, and then you earn a locker upstairs. Right. It's got to be a great feeling for you um, to have accomplished that. You know, things were different when I was here, but that's the way it is for you guys. Yes, that, that, that's exactly how it was. Um, the dungeon was <laughs> was the growing pains, man. You had to get through that. And, um, you know, when you made the team and your your name was um, in the big locker room with everybody, the vets and everything, it was a great feeling. How have you taken to Vic Fangio? Oh, love Coach Vic. Um, love Coach Vic. Um, dude, Coach Vic does a great job of um, – you know, being personable and, and, you know, joking around with the guys and everything. And so I think everybody um, would say he's a great person, and um, I, I've, I've, I've liked everything about him. Have you ever studied any of Vic's past or any of the linebacking groups that he's had in his Absolutely. career? Yeah, you know, having gone through those years with Vic, he's always, you know, been that guy that's always stayed at the forefront of defense, but he's also been able to transition talent to the way they best fit into the, yeah. into the defense. and. Because you have some kind of unique abilities, you you run as well as anybody. You got length, you got point of attack ability. So, the more growth he sees in you, probably the more fun it is to be around a guy like absolutely because he expands your opportunities. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. And then you know because you're doing special team as well. You know, you mentioned Chris Tabor. We had him on the coaches show on Monday night. Uh, he's a fun guy too. I, I think people would be surprised. Pretty funny guy. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's got a, a great sense of humor, but he'll get on you guys too, won't he? Yes, yeah, he's he's de definitely um, both. You know, he, he has a great sense of humor, and um, meetings can be hilarious um, at times, and then, you know, sometimes <laughs> he'll get on you. I so, bet, he, bet he wasn't too pleased this week. Yeah, yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, 
this week he got on he got on us, which is you know exactly what we needed, man. We we're looking forward to Sunday to to bounce back um, on special teams, and um, you know he's going to do a great job of making sure we're ready. When things devolve like that, like it did Sunday, and two touchdowns by a special teams unit allowed, is it snap everybody to attention then the following? Yeah, week? it does. It does. Um, as a special teams um, is is you know it's one of the three phases, and it's. It's a big part, man, and us giving up two, you know, two touchdowns. Um, being a being a special teams player, you know, you just you hate that, and so, uh, you know, we're ready to bounce back and and make sure that doesn't happen again. In co- in colleges, you have immediate response with tablets because you do now. So if if you do go through a play, you can look yeah. at the evidence of it right on the sideline. Did you did you have that at Western Kentucky? No, no we did not. No how do you, how do you like wow. that? How do you like the ability to it. see it? I love it. No, I love it. It's uh. Huge, you know, huge as far as correcting mistakes yeah. and, and seeing um, exactly what happened. Sometimes, you know, in college you would have to recall what happened. You're not sure, you know. Coach asks you, oh, what did you see? And you're like, I think I saw this. But, you know, with the tablet, it's, it's right there. You, you see exactly what happened and, and, and explain the situation. Tough opponent, two in the punt game this week with Andre Roberts, mm-hmm. a veteran punt return, number one in the league right now. So that'll be something to keep an eye on Sunday at Soldier Field as the Bears uh, meet the Jets. Out of curiosity, what number are you wearing this week uh, on uh, on prep team? For the, for um, who, 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 58. 58, okay. I don't have them all memorized yet, but Darren Lee's a heck of a linebacker yeah. there. He can run, and uh, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's made three interceptions already at the linebacker level, the Ohio State kid. You like that kid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's a good player. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Did you get issued 57 when you first got here? So um, I, I had 45 when I first got here, but – there was a situation with the with the DB uh, defensive back, and so um, he had to take 45. And so um, our equipment guy said, um, I, if if um, the number was available, that I would get it back. So that I, was his number. Uh, he loves okay. that number. Gotcha. He would have been proud of it's you. Got yeah. that it's got because you both like you both like the weight room. Right, right. What number did you want? Um, I wanted 61, but I didn't know I was um, retired for Bill George. Um, is that yeah the linebacker, but that's what I was wearing in the USFL. So I wouldn't. You were sixty one. Huh? Yeah, I wasn't thinking ahead, and so I didn't know. And um, Ray Early, who was the equipment manager, he just put fifty seven and said. Do you have your you USFL get. uniform? Did you steal the jersey? No, because when I took my uniform off, I got into my car and drove to training camp. I never had an opportunity to grab my equipment or anything. All right, I got to do this because, and this is, he doesn't like talking about himself at all, mm-hmm. but this is something. Now, I want you to put this in perspective. L- okay. Listen to this. Tell him, and don't, don't fudge it, tell him what you did because the USFL. So I, start, I yeah. started practice on January 16th, um, and I played, that's when the USFL started. We played in the spring. So we didn't play preseason. We had 18 regular season games, and then we had the playoff. So it did that. And my last game was on a Saturday night. After the game was over, got in my car, drove straight to Wisconsin to start training camp on Monday morning. For the Bears. For the Bears. Because so, he had drafted him, but he went and signed mm-hmm. to the USFL. So I had a stretch of a year. So And then I finished the season January 26th of the next year and had 46 games in between there. But they won the Super Bowl. Whoa. So and, that's the last Super Bowl for the Bears. But he played 46 games in one calendar year. Think about that. Just think about that for one second. You tell me what your body and your mind might feel. Props after. to you, man. No, no, right? you, but again, you would do the same thing. You're 23 years old, and you're going, oh, my God, I have a chance to go play in, in front of my hometown. Mm-hmm. 
my nervousness was trying to make a team that had just got beat in the NFC Championship right. game. There's not a lot of room for right. rookies there. So just the whole challenge of making it. And, but I, I think, like you, you're inspired every day to be a football player, and that's, that's what keeps you going. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a great story, man. That's, that's definitely tough, uh, 46 games in, in a year. That's Right, plus that's these guys, tough. they didn't they, they hit every day. Right. I mean, they were full, full pads. pads. Yeah, crazy yeah. as it may sound now, but that was just normal. That's the way it was back you could, then. You could go to these and grab guys like Cody. Not, I'm not, I don't, you know, Cody, yeah. just, you could bring him yeah. and he'd, be, he'd do it. And Bobby Massey mm-hmm. would do it. Charles Leno would it's do it, you a, know. It's a great locker room. Yeah. Is it not? I mean, even though you're a young guy in it and you're, you're experiencing a pro atmosphere for the very first time in your life, you can get a feel for a good locker room. Yeah. You I mean, t- t- tell me why you feel that way. I know I feel that way, but, you know, w- what about this <coughs> locker room? I feel like uh, when the vets and the rookies can get along easy, when they can talk about anything, when um, different type of players can, can – I mean, your locker buddy, can you can have a conversation with him. And um, when things like that happen, um, you know you know it's, it's, a, it's a close-knit group. So I joke around with Kyle, Cody – um, Leno, I joke around with the tight ends. Um, Trey, um, Dion Sims, um, Brent Broniker. You know, I joke around with um, a, a bunch of different guys, not just the rookies, but you know, the vets and guys with kids, guys with wives. I, I talk about you know almost anything, you know. And so being being a young 20, 23 uh, year old you know rookie, it's it doesn't matter. You know, these these guys we can hold, we can have conversations about absolutely anything, and so. What are um, hot topics in the locker room these days for young men? Um, you know, outside of the obvious and football and whatnot. Right, right. I mean, sports is always number one. Um, we try uh, politics comes up a little bit. Um, <laughs> it does. It does yeah. a little bit, but um, you know, sports, music, um, you know, women and and stuff <laughs> like that. It, the, you know, day to day stuff. But, you know, Coach Nagy always keeps the message pretty clear. Yeah. Whatever he says at the podium is the right thing to say in front of the group of guys that he wants to be mm-hmm. close. Yeah, absolutely. And he's done a great job of preaching that um, day in and day out since um, since I've gotten here and, and even before that. Um, and so, you know, the guys are, are definitely buying into it. And, you know, we're just we're, – we're a close group. All right, we'll go get one on Sunday. Yes, sir. That would be you, nice. Man. Joel E.A. We'll Booneyway. So, please, you join us, the rookie out of Western Kentucky – making an impact here with the Chicago Bears. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show. For Paul Zeranger, engineer, and Dan Brilli, our, our producer, I'm Jeff Joniak for Tom Thayer and Joel Iggy. He's going to have a long career here with the Bears. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Bears as they meet the Jets on Sunday at Soldier Field. We'll talk to you on the radio, and have a great night, everybody.